Welcome to King Salman and the Stoics, a project of denvercolel.org. I'm Shmuley Halpern and thank you for joining. In this episode, we're going to discuss greatness and success. It seems that if our message to our children, our employees, our families, or indeed ourselves, is that greatness and success is the greatness of an all-star athlete, it's the greatness of a CEO, of a Fortune 500, 1000 company. If that is success, it seems we're setting up so many of our young charges or even ourselves for failure. On the other hand, if we set the bar lower, perhaps we're not giving people a chance. We're not giving people an opportunity to really excel, to really, really succeed. So what's the proper balance? I'd like to try and look at it from a different angle. That it's not about setting the bar too high or too low, but it's about redefining success to mean each person succeeding as an individual, each person bringing out their potential to the greatest degree possible. And this idea comes out in a tremendously powerful way from the words of King Solomon here in the middle of chapter 3 of Ecclesiastes Kohelas and in the comments of Ramosha the Vidvali, the great Kabbalist of the 1800s. The verses that we'd like to focus on here are in the middle of chapter 3, Solomon just enumerated 28 different times. There was a time for everything. And the question was, if there's a time for everything, and if it's not the proper time, you won't succeed, what gain then has the worker by his toil? And Ramosha the Vidvali said, it's not a question of what gain is there by toil, but the word what in Hebrew is ma. And ma is an exaggeration. It's an exaggerative term. And what it means to say there's incredible value, incredible reward to be had by toiling, by working hard, by putting in the effort. I have observed the task which God has given the sons of man to be concerned with. Rabbi Vali explains that the matter that God gave to the sons of man to be concerned with is each person's lot in life. Whether a person has an easy job or a difficult job, whether a person has an easy life or seemingly a difficult life, he can be honest, she can be giving, caring. It's up to the individual to take their circumstances and to do well with it, to choose properly, to be giving, to be caring, to be honest, to be humble, to be grateful. All of those things are choices that every person can make notwithstanding their particular profession or their particular station in life. And so each person has a place. And in each person's place, they can seek out the good. They can seek success exactly where God placed them. That way they can achieve their own personal greatness. And God put it in man's heart to enjoy the particular place that he belongs in. When a person has the career, the job, the station in life that is deserving, that is proper, rather, for them, they enjoy it. It fits. It's like a well-fitted suit versus one that just doesn't fit. Every human being has a place. And in that place, they have the choice to deal properly with it, to deal properly with their station in life and thrive in incredible ways. But let's not make the mistake of thinking that if a person only found the right station, if they only found the right career, if they only found the right family, and so on and so forth, they would have it easy. Easy is not the point, says Rabbi Vali. 
Another way of interpreting one of the words in verse 12, that God gave man to be concerned with, that God gave man to toil with, almost to suffer. And not so much to suffer, but to toil, to put an effort, to sweat. That is how man brings out the light. Energy is created through friction, through effort. That's how we bring out the light, the shining light of our soul, through our effort, through our toil. There's an incredible idea along these lines quoted by Rabbi Lapiansky in his beautiful book. A, um, it, it's called A Ben Torah for Life. And this quotation is on page 36. And he quotes from the Leshem, the great Kabbalist, the Leshem, who says that a person needs to know that everything God made in this world is for a reason and has a place. And when a man engages with this world, man brings tremendous light into this world. And every single thing has a place. Even if a man is engaged with something that seems to be extremely mundane and tedious, there's incredible spiritual light that's being brought forth. We don't know how. It's beyond our comprehension. But make no mistake, says the Leshem, that if a person points his eyes and his mind towards God, when he engages with this world, and he stays honest, and he stays humble, and he's giving and caring, it's like the ladder in Yaakov's dream, where the base of it is on the ground, but the head reaches the heavens. We too, man as well, the human being, involved in a material, in a material mundane world, when he matches his soul, when he brings out his humanity, his godly soul, and brings it and connects it in this physical world, he brings tremendous light to the world. It's an incredible opportunity that every single person has, and every single person has a very specific corner to go ahead and accomplish this. To go just a drop further here, Rabbi Lapiansky quotes on page 25 the most incredible story with Rabbi Michal Dober Weismandel, who survived the Holocaust to reestablish a yeshiva and a community in, in, uh, in, Connecticut, in Connecticut. And he died 10 years after he arrived in the United States, a broken, sick man. He lost his entire family in the war, and he tried unsuccessfully to save tens of thousands of Hungarian Jews from the Nazis. He saved many, but he had plans to save so many more, and he didn't succeed. And listen to these most incredible words that he said at the end of his life. He said, I would like to present myself to tell you who I am. I am one of the countless millions of people that God created in this world because he believed that this particular person can contribute to the task of bringing godliness to the world. This is not haughtiness, pride, or vanity. Every person's creation was preceded by the faith that God had in him. And only afterwards did God create him. He was created with the goal that man will believe in himself. This person was created with the goal that they would believe in themselves and perform actions that will give others confidence in him. Every person must say, For me, the world was created. I am the person that God is waiting for. But listen to this tragic but powerful statement that he made. After again having tried to save tens and tens of thousands of Jews during the Holocaust and having failed, although he did save many thousands, after I tried to do very great things, God said to me, No, God commanded that I not succeed. With all this, I came to the realization that even when the big things did not succeed, 
one in no way is exempt from doing the little things. And he went on to found a beautiful family, build an incredible community and an incredible yeshiva, an incredible movement. And his works, his writings, continue to tell his story, continue to inspire. But we learn an incredible thing from these tragic but powerful words. Everyone has a place. And God tells us, God decrees for us, what that place is and what success means. And don't make the mistake of belittling the small things and only striving for the higher, seemingly greater accomplishments. Sometimes God says, no, that's not the light that you're going to bring to the world. The light that you're going to bring to the world is in something that you didn't appreciate yesterday. But make sure that you appreciate it today. It's your portion. It's your ability to bring the light of your soul out into this physical world and make the world a better place. It's an incredible thing. Every person has a soul that is absolutely unique. It's a unique light. And the question is, do we bring it forth or do we never tap into it? And that's the question. That's the challenge of life. There's an, a wonderful idea that Ramosha Shapiro once related, and that is that the power of speech in its deeper level is the ability of the human being to express soul. And when a human being expresses soul, there's no question about tapping into their individuality and being successful. Because again, their soul is completely unique. There are no two souls that are alike. And the impact that one soul has is something that no other soul can possibly do. It's no question about having a unique impact, about being a true individual. When a person is able to express soul with the power of speech, when speech is used properly. Rabbi Shapiro made the following statement. He said, from the day that people stopped truly expressing soul with speech, from the day that cheap talk became the norm, man lost his self-confidence. Man lost the sense, humanity lost the sense that they make a difference. Young people walk around lost, looking for a meaning, because we lost the sense that an individual is a holy thing. That, in, in, that one individual is an entire world. We lost that sense. But we can regain it by going back within, building our internal world, tapping into the power of soul, using our expression to the world out there to express something pure, to express our true self, having the self-control to not say the things and not express this thing, the things that don't express our true greatness. That way we can again tap into our individuality, to our greatness, and we can accomplish incredible things in the world. That is the definition of success. That's the definition of greatness. It's not that two people, if you look at them, each have their own particular potential and it needs to be brought out. And then some people, we look at them and say, well, their potential is so limited. But yes, they also have potential to be brought out. It's not the case. Every human being who possesses a soul, which is everyone, has such greatness because that soul is so great. And if they would only bring forth that soul, they would achieve unique greatness. No question about it. And you don't know what that potential is when you look at the person at the moment. You can't know. If they're not expressing it at the moment, you can't know that potential because you're not seeing the soul. There's a statement in verse 19 where Solomon says, For the fate of men and the fate of beasts, they have one and the same fate. As one dies, so dies the other. 
and they all have the same spirit. Man has no superiority over the beast, for all is futile. Ramosha David Valley explains that we need to read this verse a little bit differently. Man, the difference of man, the benefit, the higher level that man has over beast, is called ayin, is called nothing, because it's imperceptible. You can't put your finger on it. You can't truly define it. You can't see it. It's the power of soul. You can only see it when it is being expressed. You can only see it when the person is expressing their individuality in the deepest, truest, and purest way. That is the power of soul, and that's the benefit of man over beast. But in order for that to come forth, a person needs to bring it forth with effort, with toil, with focused effort. We need to understand that when we talk about toil and we talk about reward, as we mentioned last week from Abbe Vali, that there's a time for reward and there's a time for toil. There's a time for investing. There's a time to reap the reward of that investment. We have to understand that the ultimate reward is in the world to come. And there's an incredible idea that comes out of the verses here, that God placed in man the ability to toil in this life to reach a future world, to reach the world to come. It's an incredible idea that we have the ability to work for the future. We have the ability to make a choice today that will bring us the greatest benefit tomorrow. And with faith, we can understand that the tomorrow we're talking about is a perfected world. And the results of a life lived well are the eternal joy. It's the eternal joy of the world to come. And it's incredible, almost miraculous, that man has the ability to work a lifetime so that he can reap the rewards in the world to come. It's an incredible, incredible idea. In verse 13, Solomon says, Indeed, every man who eats and drinks and finds satisfaction in all his labor... This is a gift of God because it's a gift. This world is a world of work. It's a world of toil and a world of effort. Who is the person who is always experiencing pleasure and relaxation and enjoyment? Everyone needs to work on some level. It's a world of toil, a world of effort. And if a person can enjoy that, that's a gift of God. If a a person can discover the spiritual joy in this life, If even for a moment here and a moment there, they can tap into the joy of a connection with a deeper place, they can tap into the joy of connecting with God, that's an incredible gift. That's a gift of God. We have to understand that in this physical world, this world of effort, this world of work, there are challenges. There are great challenges. Besides for the fact that we are full of laziness and inertia and we are pulled in so many directions, we're not interested necessarily in putting in the toil and the effort. That's one. That's problem number one. But even if we've gone off the couch, we've gone to work, we interact with a world of distractions. We interact with a world that pulls us to envy, to greed, to desire. And all those things can remove us from the world, as it says in the Ethics of the Fathers. All those things, jealousy, desire, anger, these are things that can ruin a person. What's the one antidote? What's the one thing that we can focus on that can save us from all the distractions, from all the opposing forces, the forces that oppose greatness? And there are so many. The great Kabbalist, the Leshem, that we quoted earlier, says a fascinating thing. He says that the numerical value of the force of evil in this world and the word, the Hebrew word for humility, is one and the same. They both 
equal 131. This teaches us that if one engages directly with the forces that oppose his greatness, if one goes to battle against his desire, one goes to battle against his greed, one goes to battle against his anger, it's very difficult. But if a person works on humility, they work on understanding that it's not about them. They work on living with a purity where they express their true self, not their ego. They can get around the direct confrontation with all those opposing forces, all those forces that oppose greatness. Incredible, incredible power that humility has. What a tool. So to sum it up and to go back to our question, what is success? What is greatness? Success and greatness is when the rubber hits the road. It's when the soul interacts with the world and brings incredible light to the corner, to the particular corner that the individual inhabits. We live in a world that's called a global village. We live in a world that is one. It's so connected in a sense that a person thinks if they're going to succeed, they need to write things that are read by millions and millions of people. They need to act. They need to put out content that is viewed by millions of people. They need to run a company that is known by millions of people. Whatever it is, that's the bar for success. It's such a mistake. We've lost the internal world. We've lost the ability to understand that each person is a whole world, but each person has their own world. Each person has a corner to shine the light of soul in that corner. But we need to build that world. We need to build that internal world. We need to understand what it means. We need to develop our connection with our own soul. To wrap it up, there are three steps to greatness, three steps to success. One is to be internally focused, to build that internal world, to see ourselves as belonging where God placed us, and to find the greatness there, to build that internal world, to contemplate, to meditate, to develop self in the healthy way. And what seems like a paradox but is not, step number two is humility. To recognize that as much as we endeavor, strive to build self, it is not about self. The purpose of that self is to serve the greater good. The purpose of that self is to express something much, much deeper and way beyond the small self. That's the purpose. That's humility. That's step number two. Step number three, I have my world. I'm humble. It's not about me. Is to go to work, to toil, to put focused effort and to build one step at a time the greatness that the human being can attain. And finally, the result is the incredible success, the incredible joy, the light of a soul shining forth in a focused way into its world, into the place that it is supposed to shine, not into somewhere else, but directly where it can be most impactful. What an impact. What a light. What an incredible thing. Thank you for listening and all the very best.